Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 40 of Digital Digital Get Down. What's up, girlfriend? Uh, it is halfway through April now. Yes. And it is still snowing. It's been snowing Actively. for three days. Yep. We have supposedly 18 inches of snow. Mm-hmm. You haven't ventured outside, so you wouldn't know. I have sure. not. No, no, definitely not. Why would I right now? Mm. Um, to make it worse, we've just come back from Florida. True. Happiest place no on Earth. No snow there. No snow there. Hmm. We have a sunburn, or I have a sunburn, <laughs> while it's snowing, which is just unfair. But here we are in Minnesota. Yep, in our studio. Coming at you, not live. Pretty close. Pretty close. Have um, we passed our one-year anniversary? I think we have officially. Okay. I don't remember. I didn't actually look up when our um, first episode was posted. I don't have any sound effect ready for this, so. Let's see. Uh, it's t- it's in two days. Oh wow! So it's pretty much our so this year is anniversary. Our this is our anniversary show. Okay. Um. So we have been doing this podcast for one year. Yep. Like, this is our fortieth episode. That's crazy. Cool. People are still listening. Yep. Or new people have started to listen as old people. That's fine. <laughs> given up on us. Um. We are still drinking. Yep. Our wine this week is a Sauvignon Blanc from Santa Barbara. Uh, it's from Target, actually, because I bought this. <laughs> it one, is from so. Target. It was originally from California. <laughs> Probably bottled in Target, though. And uh, just to confuse the matters, we have adorable Australian wine charms this week. Mm-hmm. I've got a platypus, and you have a kookaburra. Okay. So, yeah, do we want to uh, talk a little bit about like a year in review of the podcast so far? It's almost as if you have pieces of paper to, to segue straight into that. So, last week, we Why talked about... you put about this lamp... Put this lamp on, this nice lamp that you got from a homeless person. Yeah. <laughs> it was from a, Look at an office that. that was closing down. It was Again, down. an audio-only podcast, but if, if there was video... Click. Yeah. Um, so last week we talked about how annoying pop culture brackets are. Yeah. The last episode, yeah. we talked about how annoying pop culture brackets are and then immediately did some of our own. Um, we didn't, you did. I did. Yeah. You orchestrated, I participated. Yeah, so do we want to talk about our results a little bit? You mean I should talk, I think you should hand me your sheets and I tease <laughs> you for yours. I think I need to tease you for yours. I came and read my handwriting. So you broke it down by movies, books, and television shows. I thought it was unfair to be comparing a book to a TV show. Yeah, that's fine. So everything that we discussed as one of our lead topics... Is included in these brackets. Yeah, so... That the listeners hmm. can fill it along with us at home because it's on our Twitter. Nice. Yeah. So, movies we had the most of. How many? We had 16 seats. So, or, 32. Yeah, 30, yeah 32. You're right, yeah. <laughs> 30, we had 32 movies and 32 books, actually. It was right. on TV shows that we had to do a little bit of a buy shuffle. But, like you said, these make no sense because, you know, brackets only work if the initial rankings have some sort of value. Like, it's best versus worst to start with. Yeah, we, I didn't do it that way. No. Like, you had Beauty and the Beast versus Love, Simon in the first round. It was the it was cons- um, consecutive order. Yeah, That's chronological. Why. Chronological order, thank right. you. Of when we talked about them, not from the actual Right, movie. so we won't bore the people with everything, but into my final four for movies, I had Beauty and the Beast, uh, Black Panther, The Big Sick, and Get Out. And I had Love, Simon, Black Panther, mm-hmm. Spirited Away, and Elf. I don't believe you about Spirited Away. I, the first time I watched it, I was like at home sick and I had a really like deep, visceral, transcendental experience with it. 
Okay. Anyways, I went. I went with Get Out in the end in honor of its Oscar victory. So I had and rewatchability. Black Panther versus Spirited Away as my final two. Okay. And because I didn't want to pick a Marvel movie, I picked Spirited Away. Wow. In terms of like rewatchability and just like initial like emotional connection. Yeah. Wakanda. <laughs> we just watched the SNL skit of that. Um. Do you want to do so, TV shows next? Sure, this? TV shows. So, so we, yeah, we haven't talked about too many, though. No, and we had... Well, they take a lot longer to watch for us to get true. through. That's um, true. And we only had two video games so far, so wait, that wasn't much of a bracket. Yeah. Um, so I did a buy... Which I would have won, oh though. Oh, my God, you scared me. Um, I did a buy by picking our favorite shows. So, like, our favorite shows... We already kind of knew what they were going to be. Yeah. Mine was Yuri on Ice. Oh, I see what you did there. Mine was Yuri on Ice, so I gave it a bye to the second round. Mm -hmm. And yours? I picked Friday Night Lights. I still don't believe you. After you listed everything off. I still don't believe you, though. Like, did you really like Friday Night Lights What else from this list did I enjoy? Orphan Black. Like, Mm. we were just talking to a friend about the final season and how it gets a little bit bad I even picked Yuri on Ice over Orphan Black in round round three here. Like, a couple years ago, Orphan Black would have been near the top for us, yeah. and I don't know what happened. Silicon Valley starts again so, tomorrow, or tonight, I think. My final four were Yuri on Ice, The Good Place, Silicon Valley, and Friends. You picked The Good Place over Handmaid's Tale. I did. I really didn't enjoy the first half of Handmaid's Tale, the show. Okay. Second season is out. Is it? Yeah. Now? Yeah, on Hulu. When you just get happen? all the episodes. See? How would that. you even know? I fucking hate that. How would you even know? And what was your bottom? Friday Night Lights and what? No. Silicon Valley. I picked Silicon what? Valley for Friday Night Lights. I haven't even seen all of Silicon Valley. Uh, okay. And what was the other one? Friends. Friends. Oh, I picked Girls. You picked Girls over My Mad Factory and Friends? So I let Friday Night Lights win in the end, but I didn't really feel that passionate about have, it. The only one that we agreed on was Yuri in terms of the final four. Next! Books are specialty because we are a literary power couple. Sure. Want to be. Says so in our Twitter, right? Sure. Um, so a lot of bad picks in this one. Oof. I struggled a lot with this one, picking between things. Yeah. I knew you would never forgive me if I let off of the game get very far, so yeah. um, I did pick it over this lullaby after a reread because you kind of hate it on this lullaby, but... Mm-hmm. My, should we do a big, the eight for this one? No, that's too many. Okay. <laughs> final four. What My were final yours? four were Captive Prince, Handmaid's Tale, Ink and Bone, and Loves, and uh, Simon versus the Homeless Avian Agenda. I had zero of those four. Did you even have any of the same for... eight as me, though? That's what I wanted to. Oh. No, we must no. have. <laughs> we, didn't have a, we didn't have a single book the same in the final eight. The wow. elite eight or whatever. Elite eight. So I had Tale for a Time being Hate You Give. You didn't have Hate You Give? What did you pick over that? For which one? Hate you give versus from? Sunlight Pilgrims. Um, no, I picked Sunlight Pilgrims. What? <laughs> I thought I had a woke wife. Just because I don't like a book doesn't. It, it, if, if anything, it's the opposite. Wow. I'm not just gonna like a book. I liked that book, wow. but I really liked Sunlight Pilgrims. The crowd has just turned towards me <laughs> in our okay. podcast listeners. Um, Oscar Wow, go ahead and go ahead and do your grown about Oscar Wow. It took me a really long time to get into the hate you give and Elnor and Park. Oscar Wow, half a chapter. Disgusting. I hate Oscar Wow. Yeah, new Elnor and Park. I really the first round was Song of Achilles versus Eleanor and Park for me. That's tough. And I picked Song of Achilles. Eleanor and Park didn't work quite as well for me in the reread. 
Juno Diaz just published an essay in the New Yorker. says he was abused at age eight and has affected him every day since then. You should read it. I did see that essay and I thought I don't really want so to read it. So the headline didn't click it? Yes, I don't really want to read about it. You should read it. But there's so, many de so much depressing shit in the news already. It's hard. I know. He sort of overcomes it and ruins <laughs> a few relationships over it. And there's some sprinkled Spanish throughout, which again, I think you would enjoy. But, but there's also a lot of sprinkled child abuse, which I don't enjoy. My winner, Tale for the Time Being, which surprised you? It really surprised me, because that was a book, that was my book pick. Yeah. And I really liked the book when I read it. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think you were going to like it that much. It's one of my favorite, like, if you could take, like, the emotional fandom parts of it, that would have gotten a little bit further for me, I think. Yeah. Like, as a book, that would have been one of my top ones, I think. Gotcha. But you know that I have a tendency to play from the gut instinct. And what's your winner? Handmaid's Tale. Yeah. I'm never going to be able to sway you on that. No. Okay. No. All right. So, so let us know what you have for your top picks out of our bracket, if you agree or disagree with our According our to our, our podcast hosting service, the only episode people listen Guardians to is Guardians of the Galaxy. Of the Galaxy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm assuming is just because we have all our analytics screwed up, but... Probably. Or we had some real good keywords in that one, I don't know. That could be. So, what are we going to do? We're going to do some so, good news and bad news? I want to do intro? a couple intro things. We just... We spent a pretty lazy day watching television today. Yeah, fact. We watched the Newsies. Is yeah. it just Newsies? Just Newsies. Um... I don't know what I have to say about that. Yeah. The storyline and the plot made no sense. Right. The music did not fit the vibe of the rest of the story. Like, it needed to be, like, street, like, like drums, um, or, like, Hamilton, or Rent, or... Or what's the, um... What's the, um... Maria. West Side Story. Yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, the music didn't seem to fit. Was this like and Mr. Like, Mencken's like psychedelic phase or something? He was on I some don't shrooms. No, and like the songs all sounded like they were songs from other things, and I can't figure out if that's because I've heard them elsewhere and didn't know what they were from, or Probably. if they're super derivative of other things. I love Alan Mencken, but this. So you know, like the history of this movie, though, it was like only in theaters for like three days, it was and they pulled it. Yeah, yeah. but then it, it it had this renaissance thanks to well, we friends in high school that high like, school girls yeah. specifically girls love the newsies well probably because the two of the main characters should have fallen in love they right so there's a huge fan fiction there universe as well yeah there must be yeah um i enjoyed it i think but i didn't really understand most of what was happening yeah like what were their demands what did they win in the end right it was just letting you know that child labor was bad and that unions can exist and that if you declare yourself a union, you are a union. Done deal. It's like, it's like in the office when Michael declares bankruptcy and he thinks that's all you have. <laughs> bankrupt! <to> I'm bankrupt! <laughs> you can't just say you're bankrupt. No, I declared it. That's what I felt like the movie was. Like, you can't just say you're a union. I'm declaring I'm a union. Right. They decided to make a kid's movie about the workers' movement, which is just an odd thing to do. Yeah, it was weird. And then we watched Monsters University. Yeah. Which was pretty bland and didn't make a ton of sense either. Yeah, it was like a a bad sports movie mixed with a Pixar movie mixed with old school. Movie. Yes, yes, yeah. that's exactly what it was. It was really, it really like followed old school to like every beat almost in terms pretty of the much. different challenges and the, and the cheating and the dean. Yeah, it's pretty much like how do we make old school but for children that's animated and yeah. with monsters. Less funny. 
And less funny. Um, and, like, a lot of the meaning of it seems to be that, like, if you're not naturally talented at something, you're just going to fail, no matter how But you should you be okay with that. Yeah. And, yeah, for me, Billy Crystal's voice just sounds like it should be, like, on a on 30-second commercials. And so any longer I have a hard time with John Goodman's voice. His, too. I don't really... Yeah, doesn't do it for me. Um, and then we watched the first episode of The New Girl this new season. Oof. Three-year jump. Are we going to do this on a different podcast? I think we'll wrap wrap the whole thing okay. sometime. I'll save that save then. That. Yikes. Um, I have, like, pretty much no good news. Well, and lots of bad news is. One of my good news was going to be your excitement over Jesus Christ Superstar. When were you going to talk about that? Yeah, I'm talking about that today. Oh, okay. I can save that to be my good news. Well, we can you, do bad news first. You want to do bad news first? Sure. Okay, what do you got? I'm just going to, like, rapid fire some of these. Okay. I've got some themes going on here. Yeah. Um, got an environmental theme to start. Okay. The EPA is relaxing um, fuel efficiency standards for cars, mm. a.k.a. making them need to be less fuel efficient, which is bullshit because they've had that technology for cars to be way more fuel efficient for so long, mm -hmm. and there's no incentive for it. And now they're just relaxing those, so that is that is bullshit. Mm -hmm. um, they're also relaxing the protections for threatened species. So right now, um, animals that aren't considered endangered enough to be on the endangered species yeah. list are the next level down, which is threatened. Okay. And um, they have a lot of the same protections as endangered species, so they're trying to like take off the protections for those species, which just means those species are going to become endangered. Because it costs money, is that? Yeah, because it it's mm. hard, it's hard for businesses because they're not allowed to like develop in areas where there's threatened species and stuff like that. Huh. And also, BP, the the oil company, yeah. has said that an, a potential oil spill in Australia would boost the local economy. Well, that's a fun quote. Yeah. Hmm. So that's okay if they have an oil spill. Like they're not trying for it, but like even if they had an oil spill, it would be fine because it would help the local economy. Sounds like they're like jump-starting a conspiracy theory. Seriously. Yeah. <sighs> um, the next bad news category mm -hmm. is LGBT rights. Okay. There was a teacher in Texas that was suspended for telling her students that she had a wife. Hmm. Like, not trying to, like, convince her students to be gay or anything like right. that. Just, just like sharing a personal Sharing a fact. personal fact. Mm -hmm. And, like, sharing the fact that it is possible to be something other than straight. Um, yeah. And got suspended for that because that wasn't allowed, apparently. You have to say spouse now. I don't know. Um, also, in Singapore, you have to be 21 or older to see Love, Simon because of homosexual themes. Hmm. Like, they, there's, like, a kiss. Right. Like, it was the least sexual teen movie I've ever seen. Right, but I don't think that's the part they're worried about. They're just, the overall theme is what they're saying. That it's okay to be gay, you have to be 21 and older. Apparently. The whole point of the movie is that, like, it's for teenagers to tell them that it's okay yeah, to ridiculous. come out. Um, and a third theme mm -hmm. is... Yes, Debbie Downer? Um, civil rights or racial equality. Mm -hmm. Do like, we have it yet? <laughs> definitely not. <laughs> um... The kid that got shot for asking for directions to school. Right. Did you see that one? Yeah. And the other one, the two black guys Starbucks that were arrested ones? for sitting in Starbucks. Mm -hmm. I just can't... I don't even know what to say about it. I'm not even the right person to be talking about it, but it's upsetting. I have a gender bad news. If you'd like me to... We can do the whole Grand Slam then, I think. Sure. Um, coming from our fine home state of New Hampshire... So, 
this um, this group of little league coaches in New Hampshire told their players to throw at the one girl on the team, throw at her head in practice, so that she would quit the team and quit the league. Are you fucking kidding me? No, it's on Deadspin. In what There's in quotes. what city? Um, I don't know if we have to call it out. We do have to call it out. That's it's related to Oyster River, Madbury, so it's probably like upstate, I think. That is... Oh my god, I want to throw something. Yeah. A, a baseball? No, this glass of wine at someone's head. I didn't think you would take this one well. I... I wouldn't... know what I want to do is that coach who mm-hmm. would tell them to do that, I would like... Should stand in the back. His face yeah. to be the strike zone, and yeah. I will pitch it at his face repeatedly. Yeah. Because that's what he did to this girl, except she's a child. Yeah. So, I would like to fit, pitch my fastest pitch, like, at his face repeatedly. I mean, I hit my peak in a baseball activity in T-ball when I had both males and females, so I wholly support gender inclusion throughout baseball. Well, in terms of talking about... We got the show Pitch 2 out of it. Uh, I can't even. I have no words <laughs> for this. I'm so mad. Like, I was just saying that I'm, like, looking for a new softball team here yeah. because softball was such a good part of our experience in Australia for me and I have some of my best friends from mm-hmm. that softball experience and I, they only have slow pitch but I was like well at least it's all girls like inclusive slow pitch league because even as an adult when I played co-ed slow pitch yeah. the guys are just the worst they always think they're better than the girls and I am better than all of them Yeah, I might not like be able to bench press as much as all of them sure. but I know the rules better and I'm better at the strategy and the mental part of the game yeah. than any of the assholes that we used to play with Yep. In co-ed. And that includes my my um, college team as well. Oof. Although they at least um, appreciated that I was like a former softball player. And yep. that I was one of the good girls that, uh, at softball. Yeah. But I just can't, like as a little kid, I just cannot imagine. Like what the fuck is wrong with that coach? Yeah. Well, you it's know like, Lily coaches are all like crazy anyways to start with. No, they're not. My dad was the baseball uh, and softball yeah. coach. And he like... Don't, it did not matter if we were like in the playoffs. It did not matter yeah. if we were losing. Like everyone got to play. Yeah, I don't think those types of coaches everyone exist got anymore. to play. I don't think they existed. Anymore. Everyone got to play, hmm. and nobody could complain about it. Yeah, and everybody got to play, even if you sucked. And like, was it frustrating sometimes being a good player and being on the bench sometimes so that a sucky player could go in and play? Sure, but it like teaches you good sportsmanship and teaches you that sports, at least at that level, are for everyone. <sighs> I'm with you. Oh my god, I'm so mad. Uh, yeah, I'm so mad. Okay, can we can we get past this? Do you know who the coach is? Is his name in there? <laughs> Let's move on. Let's move on. Oh boy. You want me to talk about something? We have. We'll do our my one bonus category. Okay. Which is ways Harry Potter is milking its um, longevity. Too much. New Harry Potter covers. Yep. Your mom tagged me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Mm-hmm. They're fine. They're Brian Selznick who did like the um, yeah Hugo, one, uh, yeah, 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 Hugo covering. But why? There's so many covers, and these this ones, is like, different than the illustrated version in the last set. And the... this is the 20th anniversary special something something bullshit edition. Okay. How many editions of Harry Potter do I need? Yeah. As it is, I was like, the illustrated ones are pretty cool. Like when we have kids, it'll be cool to like be able to read them as like, like a, a bedtime story, yeah. and I really like the illustrations in them. But how many? How many editions do I need? Well, the more devastating thing was we were in Harry Potter World yes. uh, a few days ago, and the merchandise... Terrible. 
and the staff who used to all have British accents and all used to play along. Not magic wasn't quite there for Some me this time. Some of them played along. A few this did. Time. Yeah. The lady at the lunch thing told me to use use the Muggle machine. Use the Muggle machine, and then yeah. to use my quill to sign. Yeah. Um. So some of them were good, but yeah, some of them they just obviously had to expand a lot. The staff and they weren't as magical. And yeah. like I, all I wanted was a Hufflepuff T-shirt. Yeah. And they didn't have any good ones. They were either covered in sequins or bright yellow. And I didn't see anyone buying that type of stuff. No, all their shirts, people kept just kind of like, Meh, and then like, and walking around the park, we saw so many cool, clever T-shirts, but none of them were like official. No, they were like fans universal. wearing them from yeah. somewhere else. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> um, my one good news that's two kind of related good news is yeah, McDonald's is getting rid of straws. That's in good. The, You're, in yeah. the UK, not in the US. Let's in save the, the turtles. And Starbucks is finally bringing back their recyclable com- compostable cups. Okay. They went away from that? Yes. Hmm. So now all of their cups are going to be recyclable and compostable. Good. So that's some good environmental news, I suppose. Um, on the tech front, I had one good slash bad news. Okay. So Duolingo in the last like 48 hours totally changed their whole setup. In a good way or a bad way? Well, I told, told you it was good and oh, bad. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Gosh, it was... In the- I have used it recently. So they've done away with like the bars where it tells you how like how strong you are on each skill. Okay. It's now a crown based system, which is just a picture of a crown with a number next to it. Okay. And basically it's supposed to make it harder for you to become a master of any specific skill because before, as long as you could get through it, you were a master. And it was such bullshit that said how much percent fluent you were. Yeah, so that's another thing. They've taken away the percentage. Because, yes, apparently I was 44% fluent. But how, how did that do with you in Miami? <laughs> not great. <laughs> I can say dogs against cats, and that's about it. I at least could order us breakfast at that Cuban place. Yeah. So, yeah, I only started on the new the new format yesterday, but I'm cautiously optimistic that perhaps this will actually improve my speaking habits a little bit. Okay. Yeah. I need to practice my Spanish after this trip. And I still want to learn French sometime, but that's not going very far, very fast. That's okay. You're still young. Thanks. Okay. I'll give you five minutes to go on your fun range. Jesus the- oh, Christ. here we go. Super. No. Yeah. You want me to talk about it? Yeah, do it in song, though. No, I can't. No. Nobody wants that. Hmm. So, do you want to give your account of Jesus Christ Superstar as, like, a an outsider here? Um, yeah, it was interesting to watch. It wasn't... To watch me watch it or to watch... Yeah, no, that definitely helped. It wasn't as exotic as I thought it was going to be. Okay. You thought it was going to be like a totally alternate universe where Jesus was a rock star. An actual rock star, Yeah. yeah. So this was just a modernized version of The Passion of the Christ. Correct. Yeah. In song form with... Rock opera. Rock songs. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was fine. <laughs> so I remember watching or listening to it, I suppose. Like, mm. as a child, my mom had, like, the soundtrack on um, a record. Cast recording, yeah. Yeah, the vinyl. And I definitely saw it with CCD. Mm-hmm. With Religious Ed sometime, like, as a field trip. So yeah, it's probably well. a good way to to tell the story to kids who don't want to pay attention to the boring version. Yeah. 
Um, so I was excited for this as it was, mm-hmm. as we know, I've mentioned it a lot of times in the podcast. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. I thought it was amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've heard some, some mixed reactions from people, okay. but overall I think it had the best reviews of any of the other bullshit live musicals they tried to do. Sure. Probably because they didn't try to make it like a, a, mo- a live movie. Like it was on one stage. Yeah. Like there weren't all these different sets and sound stages and like. Well, they moved around, around a little bit, but it was pretty contained. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I liked how they had the audience um, as if they were like part of the show sometimes. Right. I thought that was interesting to watch. Um, I was a little bit skeptical of John Legend at first. Really. I just thought in, like, the first song, his voice didn't carry very well. Like, he wasn't mm. projecting very well over, like... I wasn't listening. I was just looking at his cleavage. Yeah, so many V-necks. Deep V-necks. Deep V-necks. Um, so, yeah, I thought the beginning songs, when, like, all of the apostles were singing, mm-hmm. he didn't have much of a stage presence at first. Mm. But starting at, like, the Garden of Gethsemane and on from there, I thought he did amazing at it. Okay. You know the scene talking when his friends all fall asleep. Yeah, no, I thought he was fantastic. Uh, for me, the group numbers I struggle with just because you had to put the closed captions on. Captions on. Yeah, it's just I guess it happens to me in live theater as well. But when you're jumping, especially when you're jumping the camera around and you have so many people singing at once, you love the Hamlet we went to that had the closed captions for deaf people. Yeah, I just yeah I can't I can't get caught up in the emotions while still. Hearing every word and understanding what they're shouting about is well, just a little too much. Well, you hate rock operas, too. Yeah. Every single line in this show is sung. Pretty Nothing much. is spoken. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't like that. I don't, know. I know. Sing when you need to sing, otherwise talk. Um, That's how I live my life. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> uh, I thought Sarah Bareilles was lovely. She was fine. I thought she was really good. I I liked her voice. I thought Pontius Pilate was good. Uh, The bad guys were... John Legend was terrific. The bad guys, though, were the The high priest, like Caiaphas and the other ones. Yeah. In their black jackets. And Alice Cooper, I thought, was the best song. The King Herod song? Yeah. I enjoyed that one the most. Um, So I liked the sets. The costumes Mm -hmm. were fine. Um, The... I just thought the way they used the set was really good. Like, the Judas death scene with the scaffolding was mm-hmm. really intense and like the way it opened up at the end to make a cross yeah that was really was cool. like breathtaking right but this is not an easter show i mean it should not, have been played not an easter show on thursday or friday that's true it should it, not have been played on sunday night it should have been a holy thursday show yeah christians like they love talking about how jesus um rose from the dead but then they kind of forget about him they're like, yeah, he came back. It's all good, but let's focus on his death more. But the whole point is anyone can die. He's the yeah. only one that can rise. Yeah, they never emphasize that part. Like, you get to Easter Sunday Mass, they're like, oh, the tomb of Jesus, he's Easter there. That's why Easter Sunday oh, is the on. big day that you celebrate. Moving on. But yeah, they don't actually, like, get into it much. They really they're generalizing all, quite a lot. They're focused on, on the Friday bit. That's my take. That's my hot it's take. the somber part. Yeah. Solemn. Anyway, so I thought it was fantastic. My mom agreed with me with all of it, so... That's, I think, I believe your phrase was, I guess you, you are related. Yeah. Yeah. Evidence. So, yeah, I really enjoyed it from the very beginning, from like the first, like, guitar mm-hmm. notes. I was, I was into it. I was hooked. Mm-hmm. And I made you save on the DVR, even though I know you're going to delete it one yeah. of these days. One of these days. Because we're running out of space. That's okay. So. Okay. Was that under five minutes? Did I do Perfect. That? You did great. So, in the name of Easter, or this time of year religious holidays. Uh-huh. We're also going to talk a little bit about Prince of Egypt. Oh, we are, right? We sure. are. 
I don't have a lot to talk about other than just like gushing about it. Yeah. Do you have any comments about The Prince of Egypt, the DreamWorks um, animated film? Yeah, I've seen it twice with you. It doesn't. It doesn't um, make you feel things. Leave a huge impression on me. Really? Yeah, it's nice. It's like, fine. The opening scene of the movie doesn't just like knock you back. Not really. I stood still. I wasn't knocked. Really? It's nice. It's very. It's, that part's not done. nice. Do you even know the opening scene? Yeah, yeah the slaves. The, 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 the. Du, 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 like oh no, yeah. nothing, no feelings. Yeah, and then like they were best friends. They were, but you had to move on. I was a little bit devastated when you told me that none of it was real. <laughs> I kind of yeah. thought it was real. Yeah, Moses is a mm. bit of an invention. Okay, um, why isn't it a musical on Broadway yet? Is it going to be a musical on Broadway? I could see that. It'd be amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, I also really want it to be like a live orchestra showing of it like yeah. they do that like they play the live sh the, um, score. the live score thank you mm -hmm. while they play it I, I think we have, they would be fantastic at that I'd get you tickets for that thanks you have no other comments on it um what else did I say while we were watching it I just made a lot of weird jokes the voice yeah. casting yeah it's got a lot of famous people in it that's like my favorite activity when we're watching animated things just to look up the voice casting trying to figure out who it is um yeah, I don't know what to say. So it leaves. It's a good. I guess you're right. It's the right time, the right movie to watch at that time it's of Passover. year. Passover. Mm -hmm. Nothing. I think I'd rather watch the Rugrats Passover we episode. We should watch that. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a short segment, I suppose. <laughs> but I love The Prince of Egypt. It's one of my favorite animated movies. Yeah. And you just have no feelings about anything. <laughs> no. Why do I even keep you around? <laughs> All right. Do you want to talk about books? Well, would you say we're in the middle of the episode right now? Probably. Why don't you just meet me in the middle? You're going to do an advertisement? I suppose. I've just that. been gearing up to that all whole episode. After that Old Navy commercial or Target commercial <clears throat> or whatever it is? Yeah. Um, commercial. Yeah, advertisement. advertisement. Book digits. Book, that's B-O-O-K-D-I-G-I-T-S.com. You can make a free account. You can keep track of your to-read list. I've been really shit at reading books lately. We didn't read any books over vacation. I read one short no. story. No. That was it. We were naughty. That was it. So um, you can make a free account and keep track of what books you're reading. Keep track of your goal for this year, which I'm like already really yeah. behind You on. can surpass Heather in terms of total number of reading points. No, they can't. Yeah, slacking. Yeah, who's got a higher diamond status near you? Okay, so <laughs> we're ready for our next segment. Children love the books. I think we should do books. So this book is yeah. an author that I have previously read, but this specific book I was a you it. pick. I quit a bunch of podcasts, and this was the last book that this podcast recommended before I quit it, which yeah. probably is not a great endorsement. I, You thought I was going to hate it. I was yeah. ready for Ferryman Institute levels Part of hatred. Two. Yeah. I did not feel that level of hatred for it. I thought it... We should probably say the title of the book Oh, yeah. First. Sorry. <laughs> I got a little bit of vacation hangover still. That's okay. Um, Jane and you also drinking what? Unlimited. Yep. By Kristen Cashore. That sounds right. Is that how you say it? Cashmore? Cashore? 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 Mean. Um, I think we really have to talk about the book in two pieces. Okay. It's separated into five parts in the book. Okay. I think we need to talk about part one and then the other parts. Because part one is presented as if you're reading... A literary novel with some like a little bit weird, like noir, bizarre elements. Noir kind yeah. of, or detective-y kind of 
um, like, well, yeah, a little bit of, mm-hmm. like, magical... Flair to it. Yeah. So, I think part one was my favorite, which I'm sure you will disagree with. I don't... Yeah, I don't think I agree with that. So, part one starts with a... a not a map, but had a, it's a blueprint. Blueprints. Even worse than maps. Yeah. It didn't... What was the wasn't point? really important. What was the point? It wasn't really important. Not important at all. So, the main character is named Jane. Mm-hmm. You might have guessed from the title of the book. Mm-hmm. And she is college dropout? College aged? Yes. Yeah. To both. And her primary hobby is umbrellas, which yes. comes up a lot, but doesn't really play much of a part. Correct. But she's, quir- she's quirky, in case you didn't know. Making umbrellas, not just yeah. like the existence of umbrellas. True. Yeah. But she's quirky. You have to you have to be aware of that. Yeah. So as the book opens, she is traveling to a New England or an island off of New York or New England. Some, yeah, off the Hamptons, maybe. A private island owned by this rich family. Who, she, who has, like, tenuous connections to her. I was going to say tangential, but sure. Tenuous is a better word, That's. I'll give it to you. So her tutor from high school... Who's, like, a couple years older than her. Yeah, is, like, the daughter of this wealthy, aristocratic couple. Sure. Yeah. Indian. American Indian. Yeah. Sorry, not Native American. Right. And it was very confusing to me because I had a previous coworker named Kieran who was a male. Mm-hmm. So I kept getting Kieran and Robbie confused because gotcha. in my head, Kieran is a boy's name. Hmm. Interesting. Anyway, continue. So Jane goes to the island with Kieran. Kieran? Not Kieran and Shipka. Kieran. And she's just invited to the island because the family has a big party every year. And... Jane's aunt, who's her only, like, living relative. What's her aunt's name? She has a quirky name, too. Told her that if she ever got invited to this estate, she had to go. Yeah. No other context to it than that. But this is a, a novel, so she has to do what her aunt said. Yeah. And she needed some sort of plot device to get her to the exactly. island to start the, to start the book. So she goes there. And one, one thing that you and I both picked up on is how much she packs... For this open-ended trip. She packs trip. like 27 umbrellas yeah. that she's either finished or has working on. Which, the, and they're the, not small things. And the biggest thing that she packed, she packed like five oil paintings. Mm. And to like, decorate a room. Once she got to the room, like took down the paint. No, photographs, sorry. She took down the paintings that were in the guest room mm-hmm. and like hung up her own personal photographs. And so art plays a huge role in the book. Yeah. So she gets to this estate. She's... You know, she's sort of coming for the party, but she's she's staying indefinitely until she sorts her life out. I guess, but that wasn't really made clear. <clears throat> and, like, her, as mentioned, her connections to this family are pretty tenuous, as I said. Mm-hmm. She literally only knows this girl because she used to kind of be friendly with her when she tutored her. Right. Yet she just, like, inserts herself into all of this drama and just follows everyone around right. seemingly just for the plot of the book. It doesn't Whereas, seem to right. match Any up normal person would have just hung out in there gorgeous guest room and like had fun at the party and checked out the pool maybe even if you're like an outgoing person i feel like you would have some sort of like social anxiety or just social graces to not like insert yourself into this strange family's like business i don't know but again this is a literary novel so something has to happen yeah so would you call it literary uh, I think the first part is hinting at it. No? I don't think so. Most literary books don't have that many references to Winnie the Pooh and Doctor Who. That's true. 
Anyways, so you have the main family, the father who's... Does he ever actually appear in the book? Yeah. Very briefly. A couple times. Uh, in the library. Yeah, yeah. He's remarried. So there's the character's actual mother and then the stepmom. The daughter and the son, Ravi and Kiernan. Kiernan. There are significant others. Right. And then you have the estate staff. The housekeeping staff. The, yeah. ser- the servants or whatever you want to call them. Who are kind of sketched right from the beginning. There's definitely, you know, ulterior secrets. motives and secrets floating around. They're all, they're kind of like a secondary family. Like, they're all related too. Um, and then you have some other guests who show up for the party. Yes. Presumably. Right. So Allegedly. it's setting up kind of like as a game of Clue or something, mm, where you know someone's going to die or something's going to happen. Yeah, in which room with which weapon. Yeah, yeah. But it ends up going the the thief route. Well, the first part does. Yeah. So what I didn't get until like kind of later on is that, um, I guess we should explain first. So yeah. after the first part, mm-hmm. it's kind of meant it's to a be fork. a choose-your-own-adventure kind mm-hmm. of novel, where after the first part... It, the story could go one of five ways. So you actually live out each of the five ways that fork off, that branch off from that moment. Right. But one of the issues with this book is that the way a choose-your-own-adventure book works is that you pick one and you read that one. And you can go yeah. back and read another one if you really want to. This book says, hey, you're going to have to read four very long um, different five, tracks. I, I thought there was five including the first part. Are there six parts total? Maybe you're right. I think you're right. Fifth, five parts total. Okay. Five parts, sorry, five parts plus plus the first Plus one. the starting bit. So my issue with it is that Choose Your Own Adventure novels, you pick a lot of different choices. Yes. This one, it takes around. one point to pivot on and then just go You're straight stuck on that for a hundred pages. So she kind of didn't choose between one way or the other. If it's going to be Choose Your Own Adventure, fucking lean into that and right. let me pick all the decisions. And if it's not going to be Choose Your Own Adventure, then pick one. Yeah, and the decisions aren't actually relevant here. Really, the author... Has wants to play around with five different genres, so that's what she goes and does. And I think that's an interesting idea, and I think it utterly failed the way that she does it. Yeah, I think the I think the you don't like the idea. I think the idea is fine. I think the mm-hmm. execution failed. Yeah, I wasn't really in love with the idea. I wanted to like the idea of seeing this the same cast of characters in the same setting in five different genres, but yeah, it does not work at all uh, in practice. And I felt like each of the sections like needed to be its own book length in order to actually work. Well, my biggest critique was I think it should have. I think if she wanted this section, she should have cut it down to three sections yep. and made them half again as long, yep. so that you actually got them expanded. Like the first section of how, where it splits yep. is so rushed; it literally feels like a Wikipedia summary of what happens. Yes, like there's no like. To suspense, there's no kind of like no. what's gonna happen, no action involved. So there's like then this happened, then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Like you're reading. And I assume they were she was rushing through that because the story was just gonna take off from there. Once we had an art thief and we had an idea of who the suspect was and the police were there, I was like, oh, this is getting good. Then the section ends and you're back, so you know, 24 hours earlier, and you're like, okay, now I'm in an espionage thriller. And if you wanted it to be a heist or like a thief kind of story, like let it play out, make it suspenseful. And 
Yeah, that part was the worst part for me. That you said that part was your favorite. The heist, because yeah, I was still invested at that point. Once the heist ended and I got the gimmick, I was like, oh, I'm not going to get invested in any no, other sections. I didn't find. I thought the heist was so poorly done that it gave me low expectations for the other sections, See, and I didn't mm-hmm. realize until like the third section that it was trying to be different genres, which mm-hmm. I think is also a problem for the author. It should have stood out. Like a the tone bit, yeah. should have stood out enough to make it obvious that they were different genres, and it didn't for me. And I think, like, the tone she was going for and then kind of the allusions and references she was using did not work. Yeah. So you have Heist, then you have Spy Thriller. I don't have any notes about that one. Yeah. It just didn't really do it for me. Then, was it Supernatural next? The third one? Spirits Um, in the Library? That's the Spirits in the Library. Yeah. I, um... I kind of was fine with that one because at least it was obvious it was something different. Yeah. Like, I felt like the first two, I was like, am I just reading the same bits over? I didn't really get that they were meant to be a certain genre or theme. At least the third one is just like, fuck it, and jumps the shark. And just yes. goes right. I didn't enjoy reading that one. I did not like it. So, yeah, I skimmed that section because I, like I was like, this is just a gimmick one. at this point. But at least I felt like the author was trying something. Yeah. Like, I felt like the first two were just like literally summaries of those ones. Yeah. Then, I don't know how you're supposed to define the genres of the last two. The I last like one the is, fourth one. It's like a um, space opera. Right. Space opera and then portal fantasy is the last yeah. two. Yeah. So I like the space opera one because at this point I was just like, fuck it. It's getting real weird. You jumped the shark with it. And I was just like, I'm on this. Like, it just embraced the craziness. Like, yeah. it stopped trying to pretend that it was just being a normal novel and just, like, went off the rails. And yeah. I was, I was like... I guess I at least respected that it was just going off the rails. I also liked that the fourth one, like, revealed that the main story is in a different universe than ours. Yeah. I thought that was an interesting reveal because there was some stuff that just, like, didn't add up from the previous ones. And I was like, is is the author just being quirky here? Mm -hmm. But it's revealed that there are, like, multiple universes and that the starting universe is not our universe. It kind of reminded me of the Golden Compass. Mm -hmm. How, like, at first, like, you're in Oxford and stuff and you're like, is this meant to be our universe? Why isn't this the right Oxford? And then you see... And then you go to our Oxford. So it kind of reminiscent about that kind of reveal. So I was okay with that. But I... Didn't really like that the fourth one didn't seem to fit. Like, the first three, you're getting kind of different um, puzzle pieces of the same story. You're seeing a little bit about, oh, the, like, one of the mysteries from the first one gets revealed in the second one. So I like yeah. that they seem to, like, be kind of interwoven so that you're getting different pieces of the story depending on which way she chose. And the fourth one just seemed to be out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, it was just you kind of got the gist that it was trying to piece together a puzzle, but it was such, like, a cluttered puzzle. Like, and when we did get a reveal in one section, I was like, am I supposed to connect this to other sections? Because the the tone and theme of all the other sections is so different, then why should I connect them? Right, and, like, the first two or three, I felt like they were connected, and the fourth one, it it just seemed to kind of not make a lot of sense. Right, because when there's a heist involved, you could theoretically see how there could be spies involved right perhaps. that they would be part of the same story yeah. but the fourth one is like okay if she's stuck in a library from the third supernatural part how is she also in space in a different universe right. like they didn't seem to be able to coexist no. um i liked that version too because i liked the spaceness of it all other than like getting trapped in space which scares me i liked i thought it was just kind of funny I yeah. also liked the versions meeting each other because you know that I like that type type of time travel. Yeah, you're a sucker for that. Um, alternate universe kind of thing. So mm-hmm. I liked, I thought it was interesting character development wise having them meet each other. Yeah. I didn't jump back on the boat till the fifth one, the portal fantasy. 
Um, I didn't like the fifth one. I thought it was such a letdown. But the dog finally got to talk. Yeah, I mean, there was something weird about the dog, but he was annoying. Oh, I thought it was And, cute. like, the... Oh, spoiler here. Did you want to read this after our complaining? The Aunt Magnolia stuff was... Magnolia. There you go. The Aunt Magnolia stuff was such, a, was such a letdown. Like, I just kind of thought that it was leading up to something fishy from the other yeah. ones. Um, pun intended, I guess. But <laughs> the I just didn't really like the conclusion of it. Yeah, I was just I was just reading the last section, hoping for some thread that could bring me back in a little bit. And yeah, it was clever enough to do that. But I, I disagree. Still... I didn't think it was very clever, and I think it was uh, the other sections tried to do too much explanation of just like summarizing people's connections to each other and stuff. Yeah. And that's that the last section didn't do enough explanation. It just kind of left you with like some people can move through art. The end. Yeah, so I mean, overall, I think it would, it's a fun it's a fun writing experiment to do in your creative writing classes or in like, like middle school. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I just don't see how it got to the publishers, and they were like, "Yeah, this is like the this is like the future, or this is like innovative." It was just messy. It was messy, and I don't like. I think that they she should have kept the spy one. Mm. The space one. Mm. And maybe the portal one. Yeah. And gotten rid of the other ones. And figure. I think she should have figured out a way to combine the spy and um, art heist ones. Yeah. Skip the stupid supernatural, supernatural one because yeah. that did not work for me at all. And then done like the space <laughs> opera one because that showed like the multiverse they were trying to talk about. And then done mm -hmm. the portal one but done it better because that had the Aunt Magnolia reveal. Like I think it could have been edited down to be a little bit more um, passable mm -hmm. or edible. Yeah. Or what's the, whatever the Consumable. right. I don't know what the right word I'm trying to yeah. think of is. Digestible. Digestible. I was, I was on to food, yeah. Um, so I think it could have been salvaged a little bit. Um, and there were some positives. Like, the characters were decently interesting. Yeah. I yeah, liked... Lesbian love interest. Bye. Yeah. I liked right. just casual bisexual people. Yeah. Jane was bisexual and mm -hmm. Ravi was bisexual too. True. So I liked that it was just like casual bisexual people. Mm -hmm. I thought there were some funny parts, like um, like Monet paints frogs on his lily pads, like it rains frogs in one of the universes, and like Kermit is blue. Mm -hmm. Like I thought some of those little details were kind of funny, yeah. like the little um, world building bits and pieces were yeah. funny. Clearly, the author has no shortage of creativity, right? And like you said, like the first part didn't entirely work for me. Um, but it at least definitely set a very specific world. Yeah. Um, the, I, need, I feel like I need to bring up the thing I was most frustrated with. What? Carrying a lathe around? Does she know what a lathe is? <laughs> yeah, there's this part in this first section when she's like, yo, people I just met, I'm about to go to work on my umbrellas, so yeah, I need supplies. <laughs> it's like, do you have a whole shit ton of woodworking machines? Yes. Thanks. And Ivy, um, her crush, is like, yeah, sure, come up here. Yeah. And then she like just moves a rotary saw and a lathe, and it only said that the work table is heavy. A right. rotary saw is fucking huge, and a lathe is also very yeah. large, and she just like carries them downstairs. And that was all just that she would happen to... Work on umbrellas. No, all that she would see, that mysterious character. Yeah, and it was very like bizarre. Wow. Hmm. very bizarre. So um, yeah, people out there, we are editors for hire, beta readers. <laughs> Seriously, on these kinds of things, by us. Um, and I guess I should have realized I wasn't gonna like it from the beginning because I don't like mysteries. 
You don't like mysteries. You don't like mysteries. Your mother reads a mystery a day. Pretty much. She would disown me if she ever listened to this. But hmm. I don't enjoy... Elizabeth probably will too. Like and Jen. Our two previous guests would probably yeah. both uh, stop being like friends You don't like the whodunit bit of no. it? See, I first fell in love with books by reading whodunits. Nope. You don't care about a mystery of who killed who? Um, not really. Who stole I don't what? like the tone of mysteries. And I don't like... Uh, half of it is that sometimes I feel like I come up with better endings than what the author comes up with. Yeah, you are kind of bratty about that. Yeah, and half of it is just like it's not that intriguing for me. Like, I am more intrigued by character relations and how characters are going to do things and than I am about mystery stuff. Like, there are books that people have recommended to me that I should like that I just don't enjoy a mystery. Hmm. Not that I don't enjoy it. Like, obviously Harry Potter has mysteries in them. Yeah. Like, not that I don't enjoy a mystery, a mystery plot, plot, but, like, yeah. a mystery book. Like, whatever the tone or, like, writing style is of a, of a proper mystery, I don't enjoy. And that's that was my least favorite part of this book, is that kind of, like, mystery, art heist, yeah. like, whatever tone doesn't work for me. Gosh, tough critic. I mean, I, this this other this author I'm a little bit hit and miss with, too, because I've read so her other So is the Graceling ones. one that you warned me about, because it kept coming up on my book, di book digits recommendations, which are normally perfect. Yeah. But in this case, perhaps. I um, had some ups and downs with that universe as well. There's a couple books in that universe, and certain things I really liked about it. Once again, the world building was fantastic, but some of the characters were a little flat, and the plot didn't always work for me. Mm -hmm. um, so once again, like her, even her other books were a little bit like, it was almost there. Yeah. Like, she had a good idea, and she yeah. had some good world building, and then couldn't quite execute it, and I felt that this book um, was basically that um, met my expectations for mm -hmm. this author of of some some little nuggets in there that are genius, yep. and just not being able to put it all together in a way that is digestible. <sighs> okay. So would you recommend it to people? Um, only if you have, like, a lot of time to kill. <laughs> but not really. Yeah. All right, do you have any upcoming things? Just one, a little karma back at me from uh, previous week. This is week. the one I talked about, or I saw earlier, isn't it? Yeah. Go for it. So, yeah, I made fun of Joe Hill last time. Yeah. Like Mattresses, we still haven't been able to track down <laughs> no. the mattress um, concept, but that's okay. So, that show about his comic, Lock and Key, is still dead. But Nosferatu, Nosfera 2, is being greenlit by AMC. Which fucking terrified me, that book. Yeah, with the Christmas lights. You made me land. read it. That every time the phone rings and Christmas music plays, you're about to be abducted. Yeah. So it's going to, be to be a 10-episode series from the showrunner of The Walking Dead. It could be really good, but I'm not, I think it's going to be too scary for me to watch. Yeah. But there's also still time for them to cancel it, so maybe it's becoming like an industry meme. <laughs> like, like, a people... like an inside joke within yeah. the industry. Yeah. Um, did you see the news about Margot Robbie? Um, you made me watch that terrifying trailer of her. Is... Oh, no, not that one. Okay. Um, she is producing a female-led Shakespeare. Yeah, saw this headline, clicked it, but couldn't quite understand it, so didn't bring it up last time. Um. It retells the works of Shakespeare from a female perspective, and it's going to be on ABC, the Australian one. Right. The so Australian it's actually going to be an Australian show. Company. Yes. 
So it's going to be female creative team, female writers and directors, um, and will feature 10 standalone episodes. Each episode will be based on a Shakespeare work, which has been updated to comment on modern society and from a female perspective. Yeah. I'm into it. Okay. I'm into it. And you like Margot Robbie, so if she's in it, maybe I can get you to watch her. Yeah. Signed up. Um, I saw... This Ellen interview with um, That's how Kate most McKinnon, of your stories start. Yeah. Kate McKinnon and Mila Kunis. Was Kate McKinnon doing Ellen or by her, or doing herself? Herself, okay. mostly. Um, they're in some. Yeah, movie, I don't they're hmm. in some movie called The Spy Who Dumped Me. Uh huh. It looks kind of shitty, but I kind of want to see it just because I like Kate McKinnon. Yeah, have you seen Ghostbusters yet? No. Or any of those other SNL female no, movies? I no. Hmm. No. Um. Darren, Chris, is going on tour, and I'm not going. Yeah. He's also going to be on tour lose with his fiancé. They are not having an affair. They Stop pretty much it. are. Stop. You don't Instagram story with people who aren't your wife. Unless you're going on tour with them and you're promoting it. A lot of things can happen on a tour. So, Darren and Leah are going on a concert tour, but it's like limited dates. It's only like 10 dates across the country, and there's none anywhere remotely close to the Midwest. Yeah. And I already have a different New York weekend booked, so I can't even just book a weekend to New York to see them. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going. Maybe he'll come for a private show sometime. Probably not. Mm-hmm. Um, Moulin Rouge? They're doing some sort of Moulin Rouge remake. Okay. Um, And I would normally be Last like, answers? why would you do that? No, but they, that would be a better idea. Mm-hmm. But it has um, Aaron Tvet in it. Who I really like. That name means nothing to me. Um, he was in he was in Les Mis. He was the um, he was Andros in Les Mis. Okay. You don't know who Aaron Tivet is? Let me show no. you. Let me show you. Male or female? Aaron or Ellen? A- Aaron. Aaron Tivet. This dude. Yeah, he's okay. He's an American actor. <laughs> um. So he is going to be in it, I suppose. So that made me interested in it again. Mm-hmm. It is um, the musical adaptation, like a stage adaptation of Mulan Rouge. So they took a movie, <laughs> that is a turned musical. into a play, <laughs> turning it back into a movie. Yes. I don't know. Okay. Um, anyway, so I was intrigued by it. Mm-hmm. Anything else on your upcoming list? Um, I've got a couple more. Okay. Um, Timothy Chalamet is in a new movie. Heartthrob. Called Hot Summer Nights. Hmm. Looks a bit steamy. Okay. Intrigued by that. The last one is a book. Mm. A book you told me about. It's not possible. Madeline Miller. Yep. Um, it popped Song up of on Achilles. Book we talked about that earlier. Song of Achilles it author. Up on Book Digits. It'll tell you when your favorite authors have a new book coming or out. Or when there's a new series. A book a yep. new book in a series you've read. Um, so she has a new book. First we, in like 10 we years. We talked about Song of Achilles in the podcast. We did, too. an early one, yeah. Um, so first um, book in a while of hers. It's mm-hmm. called, uh, I don't know how to say it. Greek mythology. Mm. Cirque? Cirque? Sure. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so, yeah, that should be good because I really love Song of Achilles, as you can tell from my bracket. Yeah. And I will post pictures of our brackets. With my handwriting? Yep. Oh, no. Um, up on the Twitter so you can see how ours played out. Don't judge me too much for some of my choices. Um, but if you want to share your, at least your final, um, your finalists, finalists, definitely let us know. Mm-hmm. I will try and post a lot of our links as usual on the digital digital get down Twitter at DD Get Down 
Or you can follow my Twitter at Heather324 mm -hmm. um, if you want to see any pictures of our trip to Florida. You can also check me out on Instagram at 324Heather. Gosh, you're such an influencer all over the I web. I know. I know. Wow. Um, other than that, we will see you hopefully next week. Okay, take care. See ya. You gotta get down with the get down. Well now, get down, get down, earth, get down, whoa, get down, earth, get down, whoa, Maybe we can talk our neighbors into doing the same thing. Get down, get down, get down, get down.